Hi, my name is Leo Fernandez, and you listen to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Hello, Cosmos Country. Welcome back to another episode. It's been a very tough week in Cosmos Country. We have experienced our second loss in one week, uh, and it has been some crazy times. We lost to FC Edmonton by a score of 2-1 to one at Clark Stadium. Let me take you on a quick story. I went to my first watch party at Jack Dempsey's. The New York Cosmos held a Q&A as well there as well with Eric Stover. And uh, it was a great night, great time to meet fellow Cosmos supporters, meet people from the Cosmos organization as well. Uh, If you haven't been to a watch party like I haven't since I went to Jack Dempsey's, that was my first watch party. But if you have never been, go check it out. They have watch parties throughout the area. So check it out on their website at nycosmos.com. But talking about this week's show, we will be joined by Gary Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Silverbacks. That's who the Cosmos play on Sunday. I'm going to review the Eddie's Cosmos matchup, which was a 2-1 to loss, a sad loss. And then we are going to preview the Silverbacks, New York Cosmos, and play audio that we have from the Q&A with Eric Silver. So talking about the loss to the Eddies, what a game that was. It was a, a very tough match. And we talked about it last week with Steven Soundor. He said that the Eddies is a different team than we faced him on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, we beat them. We beat them really good at home. But they changed. They signed better players. That they're, they're playing better. Different mentality in their squad. They changed their ways. And so many teams in this league have that going for them. They have... A different way of playing now. Because in the spring season, things weren't working for them. And now they have to change. We see that with the Silverbacks. How now they're playing better. The Eddies, now they're playing better. They're on fire now. You can't touch them. You can't even beat them. So, going into this match, we knew it was going to be tough. We knew it was. At the watch party, we got told an hour before the match that a lot of players weren't going to start, that they didn't make the trip for certain reasons. Because they needed a rest. They were overworked. They needed the rest. So, I was personally worried going into this match just because we don't have... The key players that brought us to where we are today. Raul, he was not there. He didn't travel. And that's not what worried me. It's that we didn't have Carlos Mendez. We didn't have Jimmy Mauri in goal. Ayose, we didn't have him as well. So some important players that we live by, that we want every week on the pitch to represent our team, just weren't there. What the Cosmos did wrong was they didn't dominate play. They didn't hold the ball. They didn't hold possession. They just didn't look like a dominating force in this match. Edmonton was just stepping all over the Cosmos in the first half. In the second half, it looked like a different New York Cosmos. The Cosmos looked like they were attacking in every match. That's what we see. 
Every time the Cosmos don't play good in the first half, they come back and play great in the, in the second half. But we don't want to see that anymore. We want to see a team that plays great from the first whistle, that plays great from the first minute. That's what we want to see. I love seeing the Cardiac Cosmos, but how long can we sit here and see our team come back week in and week out? I know it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling that your team has been down, has the opportunity to come back. They're that good. That's great. That's great that your team can do that. But me personally, I don't want to see the Cosmos do that every week. I don't want to see our team struggling against teams that we should be competing with. We should be equal. We should be maybe beating them. That's the feeling that I have when we lose against FC Edmonton. Against the Fury. Against the Fury, things should change after that match. After the Fury match, after we lose against Edmonton, we rest players because they've been overworked. Have they? Have they been overworked? I'm not saying it was a bad decision by management, by Gio Savarese. But we need to win matches. We're not in first place anymore in the combined table. Gio Savarese has preached we want to win the spring. We want to win the fall. We want to be on top of the combined table. Are we really going to win the fall? Are we? We're not even in first place in the combined table. We're second. We're second place. All that hard work, the best players that we put out there, and we're second place in the combined table. And we rest our key players. We don't get a must-needed three points on the road. We don't. To me, that just doesn't make sense. We lost to the Fury, come back and play Edmonton, and trying to just rebound, trying to get back to our winning ways. And what do we do? We rest our, our key players. Crazy, crazy stuff. So hopefully against the Silverbacks, hopefully we uh, play our starters. We're playing at home. We have the 12th man, which is our supporters. They are hopefully going to cheer the boys in green on. Uh, hopefully the victory against the Silverbacks. And the Silverbacks are a different team. The last time the Cosmos played them one time in the fall, I mean in the spring, at Silverbacks Park, it was a nil-nil draw. A very boring one as well. There was few chances, uh, but again, a boring 0-0 draw. But we had the opportunity to talk to Gary Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Silverbacks. And he's a great guy as well. Uh, and we were to talk to him about his team. And he did say that they are a different team from the last time the Cosmos played them. So, uh, again, these th this team is going to be a tough team as well to face. And that's the problem that the Cosmos are going to have is that they're facing teams that want to qualify for the championship. That's the problem, that they want to qualify. And... They're totally different teams. Like night and day. They're two different teams. And it's really, really going to be tough to play these teams. Because the last time we played them, they weren't good enough to compete. They just didn't have the talent there. But now, they regrouped, got better players, instituted a better style of play or different tactics. And now they're a better team. Now they're great. So that's the problem that the Cosmos are going to face, not just against the Silverbacks, but against teams around the league. And that's it could hurt them if they don't get points from teams that they need to beat, teams that they need to uh, get that three points from. If they don't do that, then it's really, really going to hurt the team down the line. So we will play the interview with Gary Smith later on. Uh, in the show, we're having some difficulties playing it. Uh, we do apologize for that. But when we get the opportunity to play the interview, we will uh, play it. Um. 
Here is an interview with Gary Smith. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a, a grim few days, isn't it, weather-wise? But I think our spirits uh, at the club are still pretty high after uh, a good weekend away from home, even though we were disappointed not to take all three points. But yeah, feeling good. Can you talk about uh, the style of play that you tried to institute with the team? Are you talking about this weekend or in general? In general and towards this weekend as well. Well, I, I think over the period of time I've been here now, um, everyone can see that um, you know we've headed more and more towards a, a, a well-balanced and uh, you know very possession-oriented team. Um, with the combination of, of the three guys up front in this full season, I think we've been extremely productive going forward, which was something that you know certainly wanted to affect after uh, a tough end to the spring season. But generally, we've been able to balance off a um, very good defensive group and some some good discipline within the, the, the early stages of the season. And, and as often happens with brand groups, it takes a little bit of time to get all of the pieces of the puzzle together. And, you know, we've found, I think, quite a nice combination, not just with the front three, but with a, a brand new shape to play in. It's proved to be much more positive, high tempo, high energy, high pressing up the field, especially at home. With, I think we've shown uh, some exceptional qualities and and have turned around some some very average form into you know quite exciting form. Can you talk about the addition of the Mendes brothers and uh, what they bring to the team? Because as we all know, Paulo Mendes used to play for the Cosmos. Course, yeah, I forgot about that connection. Um, they've both been terrific additions. Uh, I, I think we'd have to say that, given Pedro's return on goals per games, that um, you know his uh, his addition has been a, a tad more effective than Paolo's. But you know, they they both bring some really high caliber um, technical play. Uh, great, great guys. I mean, really good personalities. Very genuine, hardworking boys. And, uh, you know, in terms of team play, they've been a, a real boost and a real help to the, to the group and to the squad. And I think we've seen the benefits of that. You know, the combination of Pedro Jaime and Junior is, is uh, you know, quite prominent. But Paolo's addition in midfield has brought some, some terrific energy and a, and a much a much brighter field to that midfield. Last match, you came off a 3-3 draw against the Scorpions. Are you feeling confident coming into Cosmos country? I think we, we were all bitterly disappointed not to have taken all three points at the weekend. Um, you know, the, the way that the, the game ended and, uh, you know, the unfortunate circumstances with, uh, you know, extremely poor call from the referee. I mean, there's no way that you can blow the whistle and then allow a goal to, be, to stand once players have stopped and... Um, you know, it, it was an instrumental moment that second goal. However, you know what we've all taken a lot of solace from is previous two away games were, um, you know, less than effective. A better Tried network, as explained by backup quarterback away from Luke McCown. It Horizon didn't work has to a backup generator. So we're so very ready. Very the power ever goes down. At the return goals wise, and, and the I wonder why they saved those backups. That was Gary Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Silverbacks. Thanks, Gary, for coming on. We were having some technical difficulties with that interview, so we are sorry uh, that uh, there was some bad background noise there. I believe it was on his end. I'm not pretty sure, uh, but we do apologize on that one. Uh, thanks, Gary, for coming on. Hopefully, we can have you on real soon. So... Talking about this upcoming match against uh, the Silverbacks, it's going to be a tough matchup, and it truly is. And uh, the keys to getting these three points, and we may see the same keys to the match for the Cosmos to get the three points every week. We may say that, but it's because they're not doing it. They're not 
doing what we say. Because these are the keys to the match. If you follow these keys, this is what it's going to happen. You're going to get the three points. And people may say, well, they say the same things every week. We don't like these podcasts. We don't like the host because he's saying every, uh, the same things every week. But things need to change. And these are the right things to do for you guys, for the Cosmos, for this organization to get back to their winning ways. The first one is to dominate play. We always say that the Cosmos style of play is holding the possession. Is controlling the match. The past two matches, they didn't control nothing. They didn't control any match. The opponent was controlling the match for us. And that's how you lose matches. The only way you win a match when you're not controlling it is luck. And that's how we came back most of the matches. How the Cardiac Cosmos slogan got created. It's because they were great at coming back. Which, it was some great matches. I would really, or I really loved those matches. I was so happy that, that, they, that they came back. But like I said earlier, I don't want to see this happening again. I don't want to see us losing and then having to fight back. I don't want to see that happen in the future. Because that's not how you win championships. By losing and then coming back. That's not how you do it. You have to control the match from the beginning. Control the tempo. Control the style of play. And dominate. Dominate possession and dominate chances. Uh, and just be the best defense that you can be. Don't let anyone come pass you. Uh, that's the second key to the match. Uh, and uh, those are just the main important points of the Cosmos. Of what they stand for. Of... How are we going to get to three points? Just being the best. By dominating the play, having the most possession, and again, just being the dominating force in the match where the other team just can't compete. And that's how you win matches. Against the Silverbacks, as Gary Smith said, it's a different team. And my score prediction is a, a Cosmos 2-1 victory. That's going to be a tight one. I, I would say if the Cosmos were on fire, I would say like a 3-1 Cosmos victory. But the Silverbacks already changed squad. So I, I do feel that they will score a goal, that they will compete, that it would be close. It could be 1-1 going into deep into the second half. So Cosmos supporters worldwide, if you are worried about these past two matches that they lost. And you're really worried about this upcoming matchup against the Silverbacks. You sh you just shouldn't be. Because we're playing at home. We're going to have our home supporters behind us. We're hopefully going to have our starting players with us as well. The players that we missed on the road against Edmonton. My starting 11. Or my predicted Starting 11. If I was Gio, this is who I will start. Up top, Lucky. Well, I would play both strikers next to each other. So, Lucky and Raul. On the left side, I would love to see Leo Fernandez because we haven't seen him in a very long time. So on the left side, Leo Fernandez. On the right side, Walter Restrepo. In the middle, Danny Satella. And Adam Moffitt, I believe he's still injured. We did not get an update on him, but uh, Manny. Maybe Danny Satella, that would be a great option. Uh, in the back, I would like to see Ayose. Ayose, Caceres, Mendez, and Freeman. And in the and in goal, I would like to see Jimmy Maurer, who is the best goalkeeper, or our best goalkeeper that we have that's starting. Uh, and I think Kyle, Kyle Zobak is great as well. He showed his class. He showed what he can offer if we need to replace him. I mean, if we need to replace Jimmy Maurer. We saw what he can offer to the team. Do I like Jimmy Maurer? Yes. We haven't seen him in a match, so I would like to see Jimmy Maurer back. See what we're missing in net as well. 
uh, because, again, class act Jimmy Maurer. So the Q&A with Eric Silver, we're going to play for you some of the audio, and then we will discuss uh, and then close out the show at the end. So Eric Silver took some time before the match at the watch party at Jack Dempsey's to take supporter questions. So here it is, Eric Stover, Q&A. In the beginning, he states why the club, why Geo's decided to rest our star, star players. So here it is, Eric Stover, in the beginning, deciding why and explaining an hour before kickoff why these players didn't travel with the team. Here it is, our... COO of the New York Cosmos, Eric Stover. Good afternoon. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. A um, few things that I want to touch on, because I'm sure there are going to be questions anyway, so I might as well just get them out of the way. Um, first, I saw, I'm just checking Twitter, there's a little bit of chatter about our roster today. A lot of guys stay here. Um, it's not that. Gio's giving up on the season, our guys are seriously hurt. It's just Carlos Mendez is gassed. He's played just about every game, about every minute. And if you've noticed, he's had a different partner next to him a lot. And a lot of the responsibility has fallen on him. And he just needs a break. You know, we played a game on Saturday, then a game on Tuesday. Two tough games against two very good teams. Um, he needed a break. Same thing with Jose. If you pay attention to our team, you know he's the guy that gets fouled the most of any player in the league. He's always getting chopped down. Um, so he just needed a, a little bit. Raul's not really injured, but you know, for a guy 37 years old to come in, everybody was like making fun of us for signing an old guy, but he's played a lot more than the other superstars that have come to the United States. He's been in every game. Needed a break. So, and, and, and same thing with, with Maurer. Maurer's played just about every game. Um, that's I'm trying to blank on. Um, Kyle. Yo. Yeah. No, not, <laughs> not you, Kyle. Not, not, oh. not, not Kyle, Kyle Zoback's going to start tonight. Um, and he's a, he's a very good keeper. Played outstanding for us uh, on the B team coming back from injury. So, he just needs, needs some minutes. So, it's not like we've given up on this season or anything. It's just this was going all the way to Edmonton, and the flights required, and the flights back. Is it because of a long flight that that, that helps? A lot of players that, on one game for one game. Right, that helps. The, the long flight, seven hours with layovers. It's not easy to get there. Playing on turf, three games in one week. All those things combined. It's just like let's give a couple of these guys that are walking wounded a, a week off. Right. A few days off. Uh, and the team's going to have Monday and Tuesday off too. We're getting to the end of a long season, so um, guys just need a little little breather. Uh, second topic, my favorite topic, the stadium. <laughs> um, for the first time in a while, I do feel very optimistic about it. Um, as you, if you pay attention to politics, I know Leo does. Um, the Senate Majority Leader is was uh, Skelos, Dean Skelos. He was arrested, accused of corruption. <laughs> um, that's not a unique thing here in New York, unfortunately. Um, but we think, uh, doing our analysis, that that's actually a, a good thing for us. Um, even though this project was in his district, our, without knowing for sure, we believe that he wasn't really fighting for us. We think that he was conflicted on some level with one of our competitors. So that's speculation. Nothing direct telling us that. Uh, but we know that conversations have picked back up now that we have a new Senate Majority Leader, Flanagan, from Suffolk County. He's told us, look me in the eye, and said this project's important to us, it's important to our region, and I'm going to fight for this, and I promise I'll get you at least an answer. 99% of me wants the project to be a yes, but if I have to settle for the 1% of a no, at least I'll get an answer for you. So he has, for the first time in two and a half years, he has picked, somebody's picked up the ball and run with it. 
the way New York State works, it doesn't matter who you are, you have to be one of the three men in a room to really move something forward. So you're the Senate Majority Leader, you're the House Speaker, who was Shelley Silver and he got arrested too, or you're the Governor. And he hasn't been arrested, but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Um, so, our uh, our knight in shining armor could be Flanagan. He's picked up this this cause. He's passionate about it, and he's quietly working behind the scenes to get us an answer. Um, so we feel cautiously optimistic that something's going to happen there, and we feel good about it. Um, we seem to have quieted the, the naysayers, the, the ones being paid for by our opposition in Elmont. Um, so that uh, town hall meeting that many of you attended really turned the tide and, and brought some truth out and a lot of what was being said about the project in, in Elmont, two Elmont residents was flat out lies and I had residents come up to me and said, I'm so glad you did this because all we heard was this, this, and this, and obviously none of it's true. Um, so we appreciate you taking the time. And that's really been very uh, fruitful for us. So we're making progress on the ground there. Even though the vast majority of people that live there supported us, we had a poll that showed almost 80% of the people wanted our project. Um, so it's just a couple of squeaky wheels and they were being paid for by our opposition, someone that wants to build another mall, a strip mall in Nassau County. Um, so we I've saw these commercials that, as Eric Silver said, is paid by the opposition. These commercials and these other resources that they're using to fight against the Cosmos Project. These commercials, I didn't see it on TV. I saw it on YouTube that they were saying how the Cosmos don't draw enough attendance to fill up their stadium that they want to build. And that's a very tough statement to say. And this was maybe their second year around... Maybe first year I saw these commercials coming out. Very, very tough to have these bad, bad sayings, these bad things against the cosmos. As Eric Silver said, with this city, I mean, with this town hall meeting that the cosmos held about the stadium, people that didn't know the truth about the project. Didn't know about the good things about the project. Now they are on board. And that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that people that didn't like the project, now they are on board, that they love it. That's what we want to hear because we want to see the Cosmo Stadium build in the near future. Our players, our coaching staff, repeatedly, we are building a stadium. Whether it's at Belmont or somewhere else, we're building it. This is part of our identity, one that the Cosmos has never had. And if we're ultimately going to succeed on our plans, we have to have a stadium. So we're doing that. We just think Belmont is the best location, and it's the fastest pathway to success once we get a yes. So hopefully that comes through. If it's not, uh, we've had very fruitful meetings in other locations, locations that would make sense. It would not make sense for everybody that supports us. It's going to be, one location is going to be inconvenient, another for for you, but you may, Westchester, you know, it all depends uh, on where you live. And you all, if we voted on those locations, we'd probably have it split a third, a third, a third right now. Um, but we're sticking with Belmont, play that out. And I do feel very optimistic that we'll have an answer either way in a uh, very short order. Any other stadium questions? Yeah, while Belmont is holding pattern, uh, would we consider a move out of Hofstra to Coney Island on a long-term basis or anything like that? Yeah, I've looked at that pretty extensively. Um, actually, looked, I spent six months last year seeing if we could expand St. John's to about 7,000 seats. 
Uh, we tried very hard on that. Uh, believe it or not, St. John's administration was actually harder to work with. You could have fooled us, man. <laughs> right, Ken? <laughs> so you, you can imagine uh, my level of frustration. Uh, so we've looked at it very hard. Um, what I always come back to is it only makes sense if we know we're going to go somewhere else. If we know we're going to build a stadium somewhere else. So it wouldn't make sense to move to Brooklyn as your example and then um, move to build a stadium in Westchester as an example. Because now we, we built, starting to build a market in Nassau County and then we moved to Lower Brooklyn and then all the way across the metro area to Westchester. Um, the good news is, and I, I know the frustration with Hofstra, for me it's largely due to scheduling. We were talking about Yom Kippur earlier today. My wife is Jewish, my kids are Jewish. I don't want the team to play on Yom Kippur, but when I only get 14 dates from the university, then that's all I can do. So the reason we played at MCU this year, we said it was a marketing exercise, which in the end it was, but we only had 14 dates out of the 15 necessary dates that we needed for a regular season. And you saw the announcement about the cup game would have had to be played at MCU Park, again, not making dates available to us. So it is very frustrating. That was a long way to get to the good news, and the good news is scheduling for next year should be much, much better. Um, very few holidays, not as many Saturdays as I would like, but much better schedule. Um, and I do feel very encouraged that some of our attendance woes in the summer and here in the fall have been largely due to, to holidays, and we'll get that, that behind us a little bit. Can I go back to on the field real quick? Because I, I know you want maybe on the field. Uh, can we get like a status on Reversio's contract situation and what the thought is? I mean, he's a gifted defender, but never healthy. Yeah. Um, so we did a study where we are giving up more than half a goal more a game when he doesn't play. <laughs> Um, he is the best defender I've seen playing club soccer in the United States when he's healthy. Um, he's had a, a chronic calf problem that was corrected with a knee, injury, knee surgery on his other knee. So he was playing in pain and, and, and um, mismanaged, mismanaging how he's walking, hurting his calf. So that stuff seems to be behind him. Um, and then he tweaked his hamstring in, in uh, Tampa. What I like about what Eric Stover has said is that he doesn't want to move the team to MCU Park on a long-term basis because that will lose their marketplace. They're trying to build a market in Long Island, in Queens, in the surrounding areas. That's why they're playing it in, in Hofstra. Because where they want to build a stadium is close by. That's what they're trying to do. So if they were to move to MCU Park, well, MCU Park will be some great benefits of playing there. Players like playing there. Atmosphere is great because you actually have regular seats. Uh, besides the bleachers in the outfield, that will, will be where the five points sit uh, or stand. Also, you can have beer in your seats not at the beer garden, and so forth. But again, it's all about business. And that's why it doesn't work out for the Cosmos, because that move wouldn't make sense for their business side of the club. Would it be a, a great thing? Yes, it would be great for the club. But the business side, it won't be great. So, that's why... That's not good, but I would like to see them play there for a couple more games, maybe next season, to try to try it out, see what kind of attendance they get, uh, because I do feel that Brooklyn can be an alternative to their stadium proposal if, if we get a no. 
if we get a no, where are we going? Are we going to Jersey? Which Eric Silver said that's a long shot. Are we going to Westchester? Hopefully not. It would be a far ride for me, but I know I'm not trying to be selfish, but I don't think a lot a lot of people would make it out to a Cosmos match if they played in Westchester. Maybe Brooklyn. Brooklyn may be a great pot a great spot to put in a stadium. Because transportation is key. That's where the islanders are there. The nets are there. That's why they're there. It's because it's connected. Everyone likes Brooklyn. You're in the five boroughs. You're actually in New York City. You could be like NYCFC and market yourself as New York's team. That's what NYCFC is doing. And they're playing in the Bronx. They're playing in the Bronx. And they're marketing themselves as NYC, NYC's team. How is that possible? How is that possible? So the Cosmos can do the same thing if they would play in Brooklyn. That may be the alternative. Brooklyn Borough President has said that he welcomes a soccer-specific stadium to Brooklyn, or he wants it there. He hasn't said that it's the Cosmos, but he said any soccer team in general. What other team would that be? Just the Cosmos. In my opinion, just the Cosmos. There's no other pro team that wants a stadium. It could be NYCFC, but I don't see them going to Brooklyn. I just don't see it. So, we're going to get back to the Eric Silver audio. But one thing that caught my eye when I heard this was that the Cosmos tried to expand St. John's. If that would have happened, that would have been a crazy, crazy future. A crazy one because everything would have been different. Everything. So, think about now. If you've been to Hofstra, if you like the experience or if you think it's okay, great. Now, think now if the Cosmos would have maybe expanded St. John's and play there until they build their own stadium. That, that would have been a great atmosphere. Right now, I think St. John's has 2,000. They would have to expand it to a lot more than that. Maybe... Uh, 10,000, maybe more, or no, 7,000, uh, because they're already at two, so 7,000, it would be a, a nice stadium, a nice small one as well, because it would be a nice uh, atmosphere, Hofstra feels like, it doesn't feel big, but it doesn't feel small, it feels like your medium-sized stadium, uh, so getting back to the Eric Silver audio. Uh, Kirk Johnson's a good president, but his hands are tied. So hopefully they get new ownership in there with local ties and it moves forward. But I think that that'll be decided within the next next couple months. I don't think there's like there's a that's going anywhere. That team, that team uh, But it would be good for everybody if they got a, a good owner in there because they have a good president, they have a good head coach. They just need um, some good. Uh, leadership in the, in the front office. Is Peterson running point on that? Just trying to find his authority? Uh, yeah, well, Peterson runs point on expansion and, and ownership, but you know, he relies on people like Seamus to, to help with expansion and potential owners. I know Seamus was in Carolina with a pers prospective owner when we played down there last. So if things are happening, hopefully something gets done. With the Spurs buying out San Antonio, and obviously they've always had a history of wanting to be MLS, and the Spurs have a right to US, a USL bid or USL team in that market. Are we in danger of losing the Scorpions to USL? You know, I'm not sure. The Scorpions, going down, highly doubted to, to USL. Highly, highly doubted. Okay. The, the, the discussion of MLS from the Scorpions hasn't been a, about Gordon wanting to take the team to MLS. He's trying to sell the team. Started the team as a not-for-profit to to make money for his charity. Which, if you've been there, you've seen the the park for uh, disabled children. It's a theme park for disabled children across the parking lot. The soccer team was started to help fund that, um, and so all he's looking to do is flip the team, turn a profit. So he built it to something. He built a stadium. Uh, now he can cash out and put all that money into the charity. So the discussion of MLS hasn't been really 
Gordon wanting to go down the last. It's been trying to get the highest dollar. And so that's a tricky thing. He's part, the guy's part of your league. You can't really go out and say that kind of stuff um, if you're the commissioner um, because it, it undercuts them. And you know, I haven't heard much about San Antonio and MLS in a, in a long time. But um, you know, to go down to USL, there's a huge fine you have to pay to leave our league, leave any league, huge fine. And to drop down a league okay. doesn't make much Good sense at all. And he's not going to, again, this is a charity, he's not going to lose however many millions to play in a lower division league. So, anything else on expansion or... You just want to give thoughts on Miami and Puerto Rico as well? They seem to be sure. So we'll up. do that and then we'll talk about Um So Miami is real. They are not messing around. Um, you know, I don't know that they have enough run-up time. I would like Miami to have a little more, maybe play in the fall. Um, but they are, they are not kidding. They, Maldini is engaged uh, to hire Nesta. They're obviously very serious. Nesta's not going to take a job like that if, if he thinks it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, and rumors I've heard about players they've tried to, to sign is very impressive. Uh, so they're very serious, and they're run by uh, a serious organization. Silva uh, is you know, one of these players below the radar that most fans don't know, but has done decades' worth of media rights in, in world football. And you may have seen his idea to have a Champions League for South America and North America and the Caribbean combined. Um, again, a guy that doesn't mess around with things like that and very serious about it. So uh, he's, he looked at the options. He saw the NASL, is, that's where the smart money would go. Uh, and he's very serious. And from what I hear, they may have some exciting announcement coming out of Miami soon. Um, Puerto Rico, good thing for Puerto Rico is they've already renovated their stadium. It'll be one of the best stadiums in our league um, when, they, when they start playing. The sad thing was the Islanders were meant to play in there and political turmoil and the team folded. Um, but that stadium is, is going to be very nice. Um, I met with some of their senior staff already. Uh, they understand they have a big job in front of them. Um, but it, to be the, 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 the big club team from an island like that, you have such a big advantage. They'll be able to pull from the national team and probably put a, a pretty good squad out there pretty quickly. Um, so I, I, we're optimistic about those two, of course. And then there's other expansions announcements that are coming soon. Uh, some that are very exciting, and hopefully this week is as productive as we expect it to be. So um, let me get a drink of water before we start talking about the other thing. <laughs> the thing that's the best is that Miami FC, they are going to spend a lot of money. A lot of money for the product on the field. They are serious. If you think that this expansion team, Miami FC... It's just going to walk in and just take it easy and not spend a lot of money. Then you're wrong. They are. I've heard reports that they're going to spend as much money as the Cosmos for next season. And that scares me because the Cosmos are struggling right now. How are we going to look next season? How are we going to play? Who's going to be in the midfield taking over his center spot? What's going to go on with Raul? Is he going to stay? Is he going to retire? What's going to happen to this core of players? Important players that we consider key players. Important players. So, that's what worries me the most. But... We have a whole offseason. We have things to change. We have positions to fill. So that's why, again, I'm worried because 
we don't know what's going to happen. But the biggest thing is that Miami FC is going to be our main competitor on the pitch. Gunter Kronsteiner said money doesn't play football. On this show, that's a quote that he said. Sometimes it, sometimes it does. And I'm just looking at these two teams on paper. Miami FC didn't buy a player yet. But when they do, they are going to buy a big name player. Because Eric Silver said that he saw the rumors of who they may get. I didn't see it personally. Not going to reveal any names. I don't know about any players. I saw a couple of rumors. Don't know how true they are, but I'm not going to reveal any names. But if Eric Silver is talking about this, about the names, uh, about the rumors, then it has to be serious. Getting back to the antitrust with Eric Silver. committee is made up of nine people from MLS, someone from the USL, three from the Women's League, and Bill Peterson. How can we have a, a fair opportunity to grow our business? In any other business in this country, I have a, an iPhone. If, it's not some organization saying iPhone's first division and Samsung's second division and everybody should buy iPhone. But that's technically what's happening in soccer in this country. So where this goes, I don't know. I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day discussions. Um, I know that the NASL is very serious and uh, has sent a letter to, to U.S. soccer and there will be discussions here in the near future. It certainly means a lot for our league. And we go to Cuba, the first sentence says second division. You know, we go to El Salvador, it says second division. There's no question that that label on us makes it harder to sell tickets. It makes us harder to sell sponsorships. It makes it harder to do anything we do as a soccer club. Um, and it's, you know, we unfortunately lost to, to Red Bull, even though I thought the game was much closer than the scoreline indicated. But all their players said after the game was second division, second division, second division, second division. It's clearly a mandate to try to knock us down and marginalize us. Their coaches came into our locker room and said there's nobody in MLS that would have played us like that. Wouldn't have come out with possession and carved us apart the way we did. We just made two really bad mistakes, three really, bad mistakes, and didn't finish a couple chances. That very easily could have been a totally flipped around scoreline, and they knew it and said that to us. But then they go to the press conference, and all they say is second division, second division. So it's obviously a tactic that's being used against us, and if we don't have promotion and relegation in this country, which we'd sign up for tomorrow, um, this, there are laws in this country that prevent you, prevent businesses from trying to put other businesses out of business. So uh, that's really the discussion that's in front of us. I think it's going to heat up pretty significantly. Um, that article about Carolina that was in the, the New York Times, that was placed by... MLS and U.S. Soccer, they put that article in the paper, so that's what we're going to be dealing with, and I know we're ready for the fight. I got two two flow questions. What's the end goal that is expected from this whole action? And number two is, has anybody heard from Sunil? Because I know I haven't, or fans haven't. No, Sunil from. You got to remember, this isn't the only problem that U.S. Soccer has. <laughs> it is a very bad time for U.S. Soccer at the moment. It's not being written about because, well, we know why. Uh, but the solidarity issue is not going away, um, and that could be very costly. That's also in the antitrust. What is the solidarity issue? So solidarity payments everywhere else in the world, you. You're a youth player. You're developed. You develop up. You get transferred. Fees trickle down. Um, we're the only country in the world that doesn't pay them and doesn't receive payment for them. Well, actually, MLS is good at receiving the payment. They're not good at <laughs> sending it down. Um, and that's all been by design uh, from the 
initial inception of MLS. Um, in fact, Kessler was involved in the first lawsuit against MLS. Um, so resolving that issue um, could be very, very costly for U.S. soccer. Um, I don't know how how much oomph these small little clubs have going up against U.S. soccer, but at the moment they have a class action level number of plaintiffs, and if they can get the funding to push it forward, it's a very serious issue. Plus you have all this stuff with FIFA corruption, and it started with Americans in FIFA, Chuck Blazer, to name one. Isn't he a friend of Garber? Well, I don't think you could have been in a senior position in soccer in the United States and not been friends with Chuck. MLS, as Eric Stover said, put this article in the paper. Guess what they did? Going back to what Eric Stover said earlier, that whatever the Cosmos do, they're labeled as D2. He said when they went to Cuba, first line D2. First line. It's a label that U.S. soccer just gives us. Because MLS, U.S. soccer, are buddies. That should not happen. In any country, the Federation and the top league are not friends. Or shouldn't be friends at all. They shouldn't be enemies as well. They should be in a neutral state. U.S. soccer is not. Same partners as MLS, or MLS has the same partners as U.S. soccer. They're one. Sunil Galati, you can't talk to him. You can't see him anywhere. He's nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Hasn't talked to any supporters. Hasn't talked about any issue surrounding U.S. soccer. Surrounding anything. And that's really, really bad. But for the Cosmos to get this D2 label off of what they're trying to do is become the best soccer club in the world. What do they have to do? Go to MLS just so they can be considered D1? Be considered Major League? No. I think what they have to do is take this label. Take D2. Let people think what they want. If U.S. soccer wants to call us D2, let them call us D2. But we're going to do the best that we could. Build the best stadiums. Better stadiums than MLS. Buy the best players. Compete with MLS in the U.S. Open Cup. Play at the top level. Make sure that all our teams are the best in the country. That's the only way... That we can get the intention of U.S. soccer. Get the attention of MLS, potentially. Are they ever going to check us out and say, well, they're doing good. They're building stadiums. They have the best teams, great players. Don't think that will ever happen. 20 years old, MLS, they're in their ways. They're in their single entity ways, a salary cap, everything. They don't care about U.S. soccer. They don't care about the growth of the lower divisions as well. And that's the sad part because no matter what division you're in, no matter what league you support or you play in, uh, you have to worry about the other leagues in your country because that's the growth of the sport where you live. Going back to Eric Silver's Q&A. All those deals are all bundled together. All that was done to stabilize the league. The problem is they haven't adapted. They haven't adapted. When they 
established the NASL's second division, that made sense because everything below MLS at the time was chaos. Teams would come in, they'd be in the USL, they would fold within nine months. It was complete chaos. The reason that NASL broke apart and created its own league was to get out of that USL chaos. And so then Sunil, I think, trying to do the right thing, said, okay, this is first division, second division, third division, trying to create some level of order. But then MLS goes and, and does this deal with USL. Um, and then they start stacking the pro board and changing the rules every, every 12 months. And so then if you're the head of US soccer, you're looking at this and you've been complicit, you've been in the room, it doesn't appear to be very fair. So I think the problem really has been the last three years. It's not how all this stuff got started. Same thing. The funniest part about what Eric just said is that it doesn't seem to be fair. And that's what MLS is all about. They're not fair. No matter what they do. They change rules every minute. It doesn't matter what they do. Selling players. Anything. Stadiums. Anything to deal with bettering their league. For them to get better players. To make something better in their league. So they can be well known. They will do it. They will change any rule. A salary cap rule. Give a team money somehow. And make them afford a certain player. Anything. MLS will be there. And support all their teams. That's why. It's not fair. Not just US soccer. But MLS as well. So. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We played a short clip. From Eric Silver's Q&A. We. Talked about the Silverbacks matchup. It's going to be tough. It will be tough weather as well. The hurricane is coming. Is it going to affect the match? I don't know. I don't think anyone even knows. The weather men are saying that it's going to hit. It's not going to hit. Who knows? We will see uh, on Sunday morning. If you're going out to the match on Sunday, stay safe, everyone. Because there is a Category 4 hurricane reportedly coming our way. Uh, hopefully the match does get played. I don't know if there's ever been a cancellation of a soccer match before because of a hurricane. I don't know if there has been one in the NASL before. Uh, but if there has, well, this may be the first one if it hasn't. But if it does get canceled, I don't know when it's going to get played. If it does get canceled... We will update you and talk about the details of what may happen in the future regarding this match. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't get canceled because we want to see this match get played on time as scheduled. Also, thank you everyone for tuning in. I want to thank Gary Smith for coming on. Sorry for the technical difficulties that we had earlier in the show playing Gary Smith's interview. Thank you, Eric Silver, for taking almost an hour time for a Q&A with the supporters at Jack Dempsey's in Manhattan. Also, I would like to thank the five points, everyone that I met at Jack Dempsey's for the first time. Great to meet fellow Cosmos supporters uh, that love the club as much as I do. So thank you everyone for tuning in. My name is John Freshante. We have shirts for sale as well. Check out our Twitter page, at one team part on Twitter. Give us a follow. Like us on Facebook at the First Team Podcast. And uh, we will be back next week. Also, the big guest that we will also have on. Now, next week's show, this big guest has pulled out. I am not at liberty to say who this person was supposed to be. Who this person was supposed to be on the show. I really wish this person could have been on. But they pulled out last minute. And we do apologize for that. We may substitute this person with someone else. But if we don't. We do apologize, and we are very, very sorry that this person pulled out. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. My name is John Frishante. You can follow me personally on Twitter, at jfrishante1. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Let's go, Cosmos.